He has his own podcast. What is it, y'all? Get my shit together. Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast for Tuesday, April 26, 2022. I hope you are well. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the support. Thank you for buying all the Limerick Junction t-shirts. We are all, and when I say we, <laughs> I mean I am all sold out of the Limerick Junction t-shirts. Limerick comedy t-shirts. Uh, thank you very much for buying them and uh, repping them on social media, tagging me, following me, and all that assorted Jerk offery that is (laughs) required to have a career in 2022 in entertainment. Unless you're a brooding artist like that dude, Adam, who, uh, Adam, what's his name? The guy from the Star Wars movies, Adam 15, what's his name? Adam, I don't fucking watch movies, except I do watch uh, Stripes. (laughs) Occasionally I'll watch. A little bit of stripes and uh, talk clips with Nikki, all caps Murphy. Anyway, thanks for the support. Thanks for buying all the Limerick t-shirts. That's great. We sold out of all the smalls and we sold out of all the 2XLs and everything in between. So that is terrific. All proceeds and there were no proceeds. Proceeds, I imagine, from an accounting standpoint implies uh, monies collected over and above cost. There weren't really any of those. And, of course, they all went to... Uh, your favorite charity so keep that in mind (laughs) next time you want to make a donation to your favorite charity you can venmo me at yes joe smith that's all you have to do at yes joe smith you can venmo me if you feel like you uh, really want to uh, go above and beyond so thank you to the few people who've done that and the people that have asked do i have cash app no but you know what i don't have cash app but i have several black friends who do (laughs) Somebody's going to have to explain to me. I'm, I am I have Venmo, but I know that uh, black people use Cash App, white people use Venmo, and I'm generalizing, of course, uh, but, you know, there's some truth in it. Why? What don't I know? What don't I know? What is the racial divide? What causes the racial divide in the use of those two apps? Or, sorry, my perception of the racial divide bef- between those two apps. If you want to get me money... <laughs> through Cash App, I can tell you how to do that. There is a, I have a friend of mine, if you're so intent on sending me money through Cash App, I have a friend of mine whose name I can give you. And what he does, he's a, a black man. And when we have cross uh, app interactions, like I uh, need to get some money to a black comic who does not have Venmo, I will send cash through Venmo to my friend who is one of the, I guess, the, one, the only blank person who has both Venmo and Cash App. I can't be right. And he will then translate my Venmo proceeds that I sent him into a Cash App payment to the Black Comic. Similarly, when people want to send me money through Cash App, they send it to him and he, how fucking stupid is this? Why don't you just come up and give me $20 <laughs> and say, I'd like to buy you a nice cold beer, which someone did it at uh, Limerick last week. Someone right at the beginning of the show said, what are you drinking? And I said, I'm having a nice water with lemon right now. However, you're trying to spend money in this place and that's good for the game. So uh, why don't we have a, a pint of the brown, a pint of Guinness? Limerick Junction Comedy is tonight, Tuesday, 
and you want to know who's on the lineup, I'm going to tell you who's on the lineup. As always, it's a free comedy show in Virginia Highland, Atlanta, Georgia. It's uh, if you're if you're staying in a hotel in Midtown or Downtown Atlanta, it's a 10-minute lift or Uber ride. It's a free comedy show that starts at 9 p.m. You know what? If you have friends, if you're listening around the country or listening around the globe, if you're listening at Prague Castle with Edward Norton and Franz Kafka, here's all you have to do. Tell your friends who are visiting Atlanta, hey, this podcast I listen to, there's a really hot comedy show happening, and it's in this neighborhood called Virginia Highland. The bar is called Limerick Junction, and it happens on Tuesday night at 9 p.m., and it's free. So tell your people who are visiting, even if, if you're not, you know, staying at the, the W Midtown or the, uh, I don't know, the King's Inn. <laughs> King's Inn are some fucking special hotels, motels, I really should say. And uh, I only know them through their reviews. I've been on the road and, and numerous times being on the road have I opted to not stay in a King's Inn. I'm like... I don't know, the next hotel or exit or, you know, quality in is 45 minutes away. I think I'll go for it. <laughs> King's Inn just looks really grimy. I'd, I'd stay at a Super 8 100 out of 100 times before I'd stay at a King's Inn, I think. I think. And Super 8, I talked about Jason Isbell. Uh, sometime I mentioned him, I recall, on a, one of the last few podcasts. He has the definitive song about a Super 8 <laughs> called Super 8. Don't want to die in a Super 8 motel. Yeah, none of us do, dude. And I'm glad you didn't, and I'm glad I, I'm glad I have not as of yet. So anyway, what's happening at Limerick tonight? Well, there's another outstanding comedy show, a lineup that features the return of Brittany Dent to the Limerick stage. She will be kicking off the proceedings, followed by... The return. It's. Are there any debuts? There's one person making their Limerick debut tonight. Brittany Dent is going. Who's been, you know, like taping Just for Laughs Montreal audition tape. She's been a Laughing Skull resident. She makes moves. She's followed by Lily Campbell, who last time they did Limerick, they fucking ripped. And it was, uh, it was great. Lily's going to be followed by the Limerick debut of Mitchell Mack. And if you don't know Mitchell Mack, you got to see Mitchell Mack. He's unlike every other comic in the city of Atlanta. And not just like IHOP is. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> IHOP's different also. If you know the comic IHOP, <laughs> he's different. But, but Mitchell Mack is different than every other comic in Atlanta, in part because he does impressions. And he, uh, anyway, he's hilarious, and he's, I, I'm glad he's going to make his Limerick debut tonight. So he's he's going to follow Lily, and following uh, Mitchell Mack will be the return of Jason Holsey, a Limerick favorite. And also a comic you might be able to say is unlike any other comic in Atlanta. He's terrific. Not he's not different because he's terrific. <sighs> you get the idea. So that's how we do it. Brittany, Lily. It sounds like a uh, tampon commercial. <laughs> I, it doesn't, and that's sexist probably. But I don't know. A feminine Brittany, Lily, and Mitchell. Brittany, Lily, Brittany and Lily went out and met Mitchell. 
Well, now it sounds like a Cinemax after hours thing. Brittany, I didn't mean to say, what did I say, tampon? I meant to say feminine hygiene because that's more generic and kind of, <laughs> I don't want to say creepy. It's creepy that I use it. It's not, it's creepy that I use feminine hygiene product. It's creepy. It's just a weird thing. It, it, you know what's creepy about it? It makes uh, f- women's bodies in this weird clinical place like doctors in the 1950s were pointing and wondering if women do enjoy uh, sex and, th- and that sort of thing. So that's why I like feminine. If you're looking for a creepier description, feminine hygiene is much better than tampon because what's uh, creepy about tampons? Except that they're so fucking expensive and they should be free there, ladies. I agree. They should be free. And you know what? If I had to use a tampon every month and mended, they would be free. What an ally. There I am. That's me signaling, ladies. All right. So after Mitchell, we'll have Jason Halsey. And then you know who is in the five spot is comic who ripped last time she was on Limerick and actually does well every time she's in the room is Shelby Tessio. Shelby, and then closing out the show, speaking of just for laughs, auditions, and making moves, and a former Laughing Skull resident, closing out the main show is Jay Badlani. Young, lion, coming, strong. So that's a pretty goddamn good lineup if I do say so myself. I'll be hosting... And I'll be working, I'll be, we'll see what happens, you know, we'll see what happens. I was going to talk about this really interesting, in in my host set, I was going to talk about this really interesting thing that happened when I was going to the, the club the other night. I was in Midtown on Peachtree Road. And for those of you who don't live in Atlanta, this stretch of Midtown has uh, the High Museum of Art and a couple other sort of swanky gallery-esque uh, installations right right, right in this little block. And the High Museum of Art is, a, is a, I think, a pretty renowned uh, art exhibit, gallery, museum, museum is what I'm saying. And the most amazing thing happened, as I'm snaking my way through traffic trying to get downtown or get to you know further down to midtown who do i see coming out of the high museum this really like hoity-toity art museum is a man in an auburn sweatshirt <laughs> like I guess he had to use the bathroom. <laughs> it's just, it was like so jar. It would be like walking into a McDonald's and seeing some somebody behind the counter with like a Princeton sweatshirt. What is this Auburn person doing in a museum of art? That's what I was, I, it took me, it, it took me for a loop and I was just going kind to of, kind of try to explore that. Threw me for a loop. Try, I was going to try to explore that tonight at Limerick. Like, dude, you know this is a this is not the College Football Hall of Fame, right? And as you've heard me say numerous times, occasionally I will have to remind myself that Auburn is a degree-granting institution. It's a college. It's a university. People get their bachelor's degree. <laughs> 
from Auburn. Oh, Auburn people, loosen up. And even a, like a real dyed-in-the-wool Auburn person's like, yeah, dude, we are not going to any fucking museums. I don't... Maybe maybe he was cold. <laughs> I don't know. And somebody gave him, like his buddy gave him a sweatshirt. Like, I don't know, dude. I I found this in some uh, at a real estate seminar. <laughs> the uh, a middle manager at Georgia Pacific gave it to me. What was he looking at? I thought he was staring at a... You know, he's looking up at a piece of art going like, wow. <laughs> War damn eagle. I'm like, bro... That is the post office. What are you? <laughs> Pretty absurd to see a fucking guy wearing an Auburn sweatshirt. What is the Venn diagram? But Well, there are money people from Auburn who are like, you motherfucking libtard. And I know that like, there's big money Auburn people who would take me out to the hunting camp and uh, leave me out. They, dr- they dress me like a deer. He's going, I'm going to dress you. I'm going to treat you, dare you, insult my. Well, in fairness, sir, I would like to go on the record as saying, fuck each and every one of the SEC schools. Does that make you feel better? <laughs> anyway, I don't know what I'm going to do with Limerick. Maybe screw around with uh, some guy in an Auburn sweatshirt coming out of, me, of a museum. You imagine the ticket taker, like, oh, is it, uh, do we have some incentive right now? Is there an overlooked population, <laughs> an overlooked population that we're trying to serve right now? Because Blanche, there are a lot of, there's a man, it's, it's a pretty special group. And one of these people has an Auburn sweatshirt on. That's what I'm talking about. It's just uh, odd to me. So we'll see what happens at Limerick at the beginning. Did I even mention Jay Badani's closing it out. Yes, I did. So we'll have a good time. That's the lineup. It's going to be a great time. And I hope you come uh, come over and visit. Also, in the spirit of if that was me riffing out an idea um, for five seconds on this podcast, I also had had a thought about, and it's not a joke, and, I, and, and as you know, I'm, I don't do... I don't, I don't I don't really do pedophile material cuz it's uh I don't know it's shock and awe I guess it's kind of uh white male comic 101 I suppose and you're just kind of getting started and you need to say something edgy and you, you really <laughs> really holding you know it's it I'm I'm not a big pedophile joke person I guess is what I'm saying I had one joke you know what that here's how it went if i haven't said it on here before here's how little i think of my own pedophile material is that i will say what the actual bit is on this podcast so many comics worried i don't want to burn the material i don't want to burn the material and I do have now a fair number of listeners, so I don't want to burn material. And actually, all the uh, the bits that you see me post, the shit talking that you see me post on TikTok and Instagram, generally those are not those are just spontaneous things that happen. They're not really like part of my act. So what I don't want is someone to come see me live, do an hour and twenty minutes at uh, 
you know, hilarities in Cleveland and then go, oh, I saw all that shit online. No, all you saw was a bunch of shit that happened in the moment online. And when you come see me live, you're going to see stuff that you've never heard before, right? We don't want to burn the material. So I, I don't want to burn the material, but here's how, okay, getting getting to it. The thing on the on the pedophiles, I don't, I don't mind burning because I never say it unless maybe there's a pedophile in the crowd, clearly. So here's the bit about the pedophile, and I'll tell you why I'm brought up. Have I said it enough? That reminds me. Let me see if I can remember the thing about the school shooting that enraged, uh, enraged someone who, an Instagram person a couple years ago. Uh, but the the pedophile joke I had was thus. Was this? Was thus? Was us. This is us. Catholic Church. 35 minutes north of Atlanta in a city called Kennesaw. They arrested a youth pastor. Who also, by the way, this youth pastor also was a magician by the name of Magic Jeff. He had, those were his two pursuits, his two callings, if you will. He was a youth pastor who all, and you can look this up on on the internet. I'm sure. Don't click too far. Probably, you probably don't want to be where he went. But there was a youth pastor who also was a magician by the name of Magic Jeff, and they caught him uh, in a public restroom I think it was in Target maybe and I'm using air quotes here helping five year old boys tuck in their shirts this is true it's a true story that happened in Kennesaw, Georgia sometime in the last ten years and I I was struck I, was, I thought that this the arrest of this man was a great sort of wake-up call, reminder that even if someone is a youth pastor and a magician, they still could be a pedophile. You know, you can't always judge a book by its cover. I mean, somebody who, who listens to the deepest, darkest secrets of innocent children and is skilled at entertaining kids who are not his own? That, that man could do something so despicable? Who would have ever thought? And that was essentially like the first... That was like the first big punchline or whatever about it. And I never really invested in it. I would do it a few times and it would crush. And I'd do it a few other times and it would be met with silence. Just because I never really com- I never really committed to it. Because I don't like doing fucking look at, look at what I... Look, see what I did there? Jokes? Or I don't know. Look at the fucking... It's just not... It's not where my heart is, that, that material. But if it bombed, I would say I understand that reaction. Not everyone likes that joke. 
one group in particular, like magicians hate it. But one group in particular really doesn't like it. And that's pedophiles. They're just like, you, you crossed the line there. <laughs> Which then it was enabled me to like talk about like if somebody's not laughing, you know, blah, blah, blah. But that's not my fucking thing, pedophiles, pedophile jokes or pedophiles for that matter. And I'm tired of saying the word, quite frankly, because it it gives them uh, it 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 flatters them that I'm saying them their fucking name so many times. But I'll tell you what made me think of it. While my daughter was having, so I take her to church pools. You all know on Saturday afternoons after we go to. Hey, somebody wrote in by the way, alligator pear, and said they heard me talking about alligator pear chips so why do you bring up alligator pear chips when we're just about to go into church pool because you know every saturday morning my daughter and i go to farmer's market and we buy a bunch of shit um usually we get every third trip we get egg man eggs and we get some bread and we get some pupusas and then which are um, honduran or guatemalan street food and if they are there we get alligator pear tortilla chips and i was raving about them on a previous podcast somebody heard it and wrote in to either lie (laughs) i I doubt it they don't seem like the lying kind but they said the tortilla chips are delicious so after we went to farmer's market as you know take my daughter to her swim lesson and the woman who teaches her to swim we've been doing it for more than a year now doesn't want the parents to be there, at least initially, because um, because they don't want the, the kids to be distracted and they don't want the kids to be dependent on, you know, needy or whatever. I get it. But it's also like we've been going there for a year and a half or whatever, and she's still occasionally be like, okay, you know, this is last call. Get the fuck out of here. It's like, all right, lady, I'm getting out of here. So anyway, I leave her there and I go into the, I go into the church bathroom to... And everybody, I mean, it's the power of context, right? Everybody in a church, to me, seems like a pedophile. Because that's what, I really should probably go to therapy one day to find out. I don't think I was, you've heard me say this, I don't think I was molested. But I don't know that I wasn't. And I know that I have a lot of, like, repressed, probably, experiences and phases. Or, or not, I don't want to say repressed, like I'm actively trying to keep it at bay. But I know there are definitely parts of my life or phases that I don't, explore or remember or think that deeply on which of course you know a researcher would say well it probably wasn't a great time so why would you fucking revisit that yeah i know i don't think i was molested but i do think that there are everybody in a church more or less is a pedophile i just think that well because you're intellectually lazy (laughs) and you're a bigot but i go into the church bathroom and I'm startled to, and by the way, I can only take, and I didn't bring her on this visit because as, you, as you're as you tracking the story, she's in the pool. But I've taken my daughter into the bathroom after our work, after her swim practice to change and to dry clothes to go home. And she'll see these old guys walking around naked. And, you know, because she's a kid, they're boned up. No, I'm kidding. She's a girl, so they're not interested. Um, 
but she'll see that, and they're just, they're all over 70. Most of them look like they're all over 80. And they all walk around naked as the day, and they'll, like, have, like, little pieces of, you know, like your grandfather did or your dad did with little pieces of tissue on their face from shaving, from cuts. <laughs> and my daughter will go, why he cut, why he cut his, why he cut himself? I'm like... Because he has Parkinson. No, I, because he, he, I don't know. I, and I just say like, I don't, I don't know. You know, it happens sometimes. Dad cuts his face every once in a while when he shaves. Um, but they, they walk around and she, you know, w- we're learning about like, you know, sort of public nudity and, and is that, that's not really public, but it's also not a place where you kind of stare at people. So we kind of, we're kind of working, we, we've been not working through it, just uh, talk about like, hey girl, uh, let's, you know, eyes on her own paper here. <laughs> let's let's get dressed and get the fuck out of here from the, and get away from these weirdos. But the other day, I came in while, while my daughter was swimming and I'd been ejected from the swimming teacher. I came into the bathroom and there's a man in his late 70s. He's between 75 and 85 and he's he's clothed, I think. I mean, I did not notice his nakedness. He's clothed, and he's he's leaning over the sink in the bathroom to get a closer look at himself in the mirror, and he is spraying his hair, his 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 pure white, his snow white hair. His hair is perfectly white, and I, if you know what my hair looks like, I have a very thick head of hair. Not to flex on people, but I didn't. This is. That's that's one I won. I got good teeth, a good hairline, terrible eyes. Um, but this man's hair is one-tenth as thick as mine. It's not a comb-over, but it's very, very thin. And uh, I guess, like, it's it's thinner than Donald Trump's thing on top of his head. I don't know what that is. It looks like now I've been watching that Lakers show. It looks like uh, Jerry Jerry Buss's hair, but it's really thin. I guess like Biden's hair, and he but he's spraying it maniacally, just like so much. Which I don't think I've ever seen a man use hairspray. I mean, I I remember like knowing rockabilly kids and stuff that would like lacquer their hair up and then maybe spray it a little bit to hold it, uh, you know, like punk rockers and shit like that, but. I've never known a grown man, and that is just a fucking tell, isn't it? <laughs> and I was, I, I, it was just the intensity with which he was spraying it. And I get, I get it. He's he's eighty five years old or whatever, and he's probably lost a little. Oh, he's had some cognitive decline, so he can't quite tell what is going to be enough hold. <laughs> I guess in his aquanet, but he's really giving it to his hair, and I just in my. Everybody is a pedophile, especially people who look like this guy who looked priestly. I'm just thinking he just he just doesn't want a hair to be out of place when he's when he's doing his thing. He just is so and and I'm and I, as I like formed that thought, I was just nauseated and I had to get the fuck out of there. I, I literally did. I went out to the uh, I went out to the I, I I couldn't even pee. I was just nauseated looking at this like. That really didn't go anywhere. It's not a bit, but uh, 
See why like the, this the idea of pedophiles is so fucking gross, and then you talk about it in in a comedy club, and it's it's like it's like shock value, ah, laugh kind of release, but it's not it's not really funny, and that's why I had to leave the church uh, that day. Speaking of leaving the church, you'll recall <clears throat> the listener to the podcast who 15 was kind enough to say yeah it's cool if you want to call her 45 underscore versus for underscore 45 but i landed on the idea of ellen c because because uh, 15 referred to her as late night commuter so it's if, if you're just listening to the podcast for the first time welcome into the getting my act together universe I'm referring to our favorite listener, 15 underscore versus underscore 15, and another listener who's been writing into the podcast and describing how she listens on her way home from work, which takes 45 minutes to get her commutes 45 minutes, and 15 referred to her as late night commuter. And one day while I was, uh, I don't know, zoning out, I was like, late night commuter, LNC. Oh, why don't we just call her LNC? Ellen C. So Ellen C., speaking of leaving the church, sent an email in that I want to read part of. And you can email the podcast if you'd like at yesjoesmith at uh, gmail.com. She secretly, or not so secretly, it sounds like, wants to do comedy. And let me see if I can find where... There's a hold on one second. Let me let me tighten this up a bit. Okay, all right. I think I have this sorted out a little bit. Because she writes thorough emails. She wants to do stay all right. <clears throat> so here here's the religious context. Uh, she puts in one email. She says, I wanted to point out that although I was raised in a strict religious home, I did not, in fact, turn out to be religious. We were not allowed to talk about the Easter Bunny, chicks, chicks, chicks with dick, or any other pagan fertility gods during Easter. All right, so someone who was raised, I was raised without religion, so I don't really understand... I don't fucking know shit about the Easter Bunny or chicks or any. I thought Easter was about the man who was stabbed on the cross and run through with coming back after three days. But apparently that's not. I don't know what the Easter Bunny is about. But now hearing her write this, I kind of get a, a little sense of it. She says, we were not allowed to talk about the Easter Bunny, chicks, or any other pagan fertility gods during Easter so I make damn sure now my kids are getting their fill of bunnies and eggs and candy because that's truly the meaning of Easter alright I guess I don't, I don't know I mean I never understood Easter it always meant you know putting on clothes that you don't normally wear and 
eating a meal that is not as good as Thanksgiving. I don't know. I, I didn't have a big Easter tradition, I don't think. But you know what I do like? I do fuck with hard boiled or I used to <laughs> That's the old uh, Irishman in me. I used to really like a nice hard boiled egg. And I still do. Actually, I don't want that yolk that gives you cotton mouth. But the and ugh, now I'm gonna throw up thinking about I was gonna be like the other part. Oh, the all the part with the nutrients that is meant to nourish that chick. Ugh, gross. But uh, I used to like a hard-boiled egg. <laughs> my mom showed me how to make hard-boiled eggs when I was a kid. Or I did it on my own by watching her. I, I don't recall, but I, I learned how to make hard-boiled eggs. All right. I don't understand, but that's a pretty strict uh, religious upbringing. Why do I bring that up? Well, I, why do I bring up Ellen C.'s religious upbringing? Because she said that she wants to do stand-up. Here's what she said. She said, I've loved comedy for as long as I can remember, and it's always been a secret of mine to break into comedy, and like you've said, when did I say that? Not for fame or fortune. At 42, I'm, I'm too old for that. No, you're not. I mean, you're too old for that if you think you're too old for it, but you're not. Uh, but just to, okay, i always been a secret of mine, break into comedy, and like you've said, I, I, I don't want to be famous. I want to be respected by comics, and I want to play, I want to play, I want to make, I want to fucking destroy. I want to destroy, I want to sell out clubs Thursday through Sunday, and then ultimately just work Friday night and Saturday night. I want to destroy and I want to be respected by other comics that I respect. <laughs> Not goofballs. No, I that that's that's what I want to do. So, uh fortune will be great to make a fortune telling jokes. I've made I've made some money. <laughs> what that means is I've been paid to do comedy. And that's 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 pretty cool. My my aspirations are higher than that. Anyway, I don't I famous I don't give a shit about that. I just want I just want to talk shit, like I said, twice a night for an hour, hour and a half, and let's go. So she says, I'm not in it for fortune and fame. I'm forty two, I'm too old for that. No, you're not. Mm mm. You're too old if you think you're too old. I mean that's that. Uh it's been a secret of mine to break in. I'm 42 old. I don't want to do it, she says, for fame or fortune, but just to get some shit off my chest. Preach, sister. That's what it's all about. And you know what? Older people are generally more interesting as comics because they've lived a life. It's not to say that they're better comics, but you see, as you've heard me talk about when I mentioned the Laughing Skull graduation, the older comics come out and just say real shit might not be as funny as a younger, tight joke writer, but it's usually more interesting. So she wants to get some shit off of her chest, but then the next statement says, problem is my parents. What do you mean? Yes, at 42 years of age, they still hold an influence on me, over me. Well, you're not alone. Our parents whether they were there or not, whether they loved or not, that relationship 
is residually influential. It's residually. It's perpetually influential because those are our earliest models for how people care about us and how people interact with us and take care of us and meet our needs and all. You know this. You're you're a fucking mom. Anyway, yes, at 42 years of age, they still hold an influence over me. Of course they do. That's, that's nothing to be ashamed of. You're not Vladimir Putin. <laughs> he doesn't have parents. Can you believe that? Putin never has parents, and I've never seen him with bitches. What's the deal? Every bad guy, supervillain, usually of his era, right? The bad guys from James Bond, Donald Trump, they usually have a flock of women around him. Putin is just out there wrestling bears. Doesn't make any sense to me. She says I was raised in a southern I was raised southern baptist and have come to realize that growing up that also allowed my mom to get us caught up into two different religious cults. Now, to the a religious person like myself and I won't say atheist to to protect the sensitivities of uh, people who are religious. Uh, th- that's why we say that. We're like, ah, that's what we say. We say, oh, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I might believe in, I don't know if I believe in God, but I might believe in a higher power. That's just us being considerate and non judgmental to put you in your special place, not you, uh, LNC, 42 year old woman who's writing in. But religious people, we don't say atheist because we don't want to fucking have a big spiel with you. And it's kind of respecting your belief in nonsense that we don't say that. We say, ah, maybe higher power, but that's just bullshit. We don't. Doesn't doesn't mean we're right. It just means what we're <laughs> we're godless. <laughs> Regardless, we're godless. I have I was raised Southern Baptist and come to realize that growing up, that also allowed my mom to get caught get us caught up into two different religious cults. Again, that's redundant to me. Technically three, because the Southern Baptists are in a cult all their own. There you go. Well said. You anticipated me going for the joke. And it's a hack joke to say that religions are cults, but that's what they are. And yeah, I mean, I'm, lots of other comics have talked about if if religion were discussed in the mainstream, if you, if you dug into the assumptions and like, what's the story behind Catholicism? Or what's the story behind Islam? People be like, what the fuck are we talking about? But I'm not here to kick anybody's religion around. I'm here to talk about LNC's email. So she says, I've got baggage, plenty of it. I always knew that I've got a lot of material to talk about, but I would have to somehow hide my identity. My parents don't get into comedy much anymore, but I would still need to conceal my identity. Well, here, <laughs> when you start out as a comic, it's like being, it's like forming a band with your friends when you're in high school or going on the road for the first time. You think that all eyes are on you because it's finally the thing that is most important or the thing you've been had built up in your head that you're trying to be brave enough or bold enough not brave bold enough to do i'm gonna i'm gonna start a band and get in a van and drive around the country i'm gonna go 
tell jokes and try to be a stand-up comic because that the threshold moment is so strong for us, the people that do it. We tend to think that everybody else is going to be watching us do it. <laughs> and the reality is, uh, LNC, you don't need to conceal your identity because no one you know will see you do comedy probably for like the first five years unless you solicit them to come see your show but you would probably more like seven to ten years would it take you to gain traction and and, you know you can do seven or ten years however you want you can meaning you can go out every night and go do five spots a night and compress seven years into three and a half years Maybe, but you still have to have the at-bats of just doing it, not quite to 10,000 hours, but you have to do it a lot to get good at it. And you can do it a lot in a shorter amount of time, but you still have to have all those at-bats. Anyway, fucking nobody's going to recognize you. So don't worry about concealing your identity. If you really want to do comedy, just go do it. You know how to do it. You write every day, and you go up every single night. That's it. The plan is easy. Executing is a different thing. But concealing your identity, your parents aren't going to. And you know what? Yes, your parents might still be in your head. But I promise you, they might be horrific, loving, but also judgmental parents. They don't, they're don't. they not going to give a fuck if you're telling jokes. And you could say, yes, they are. I promise you, if you're 42, that, well, I guess your parents might not be. They don't need to be 70. I don't know how old your parents are. But your parents have bigger fish to fry. I, I don't know. I, I, that is a little presumptive, presumptive for me to be in your in your house now thinking about how uh, the, the shadow that your parents cast. So let me just back up and say, nobody is going to recognize you doing stand-up comedy for a long time. And take it from someone who thought that they were going to get recognized all the time. It... <laughs> It still rarely happens where people from quote-unquote real life, and there are lots of comics that have lives outside of comedy, and they're not good comics. <laughs> but don't, don't worry about that. I, I, but I, I understand it. Uh, and a lot of comics conceal their identities and want to, uh, or, or feel like they need to. So she says, before they converted, I'll just close this, close this point before they converted i remember sneaking out of my bed before they converted why did your parents convert what does that mean to convert like was there a a, because she says before they converted i remember sneaking out of my bed at night to listen to their comedy shows on the tv hbo comedy specials she's 42 years old hbo comedy specials eddie murphy louis anderson Yeah, this is like 80s comedy. Eddie Murphy, Louis Anderson, Joe Piscopo, Andrew Dice Clay. And I loved it. Yeah. It's also probably when you were a kid or... I don't know how... I can't do the math of how old you would have been in the 80s. But, you know, life is, you know, starting to get really interesting and weird and scary and exciting. And all of a sudden, there's... Eddie Murphy on stage talking some shit, and the Dice Man playing, you know, almost stadiums, playing arenas. It's a big, exciting... They were rock stars back then. 
it's the best. You've heard me say it over and over. Stand-up comedy is the best. Just to pick up the thread next time. Why did your parents... So does you said before they converted. What does that mean? Like, was there... Like, is that like a... Life was one way, and then they converted, and then life was a different way. I don't know. I'll tell you what, though, LNC. Just, if you want to do stand-up comedy, you don't need to conceal your identity. What you need to do, what you fucking ought to do, (laughs) is write some jokes. And if you want, you can send them into the podcast, and we will roast them. Because... You know, but you would have, you want to, we could have that. Would that be a segment on the podcast? Joke roast. Tell me your joke and I will, and and trust. And every comic will tell you this. One of the greatest things about doing stand-up is you can go to your very first open mic and immediately be the most self-righteous person about other people's comedy in the world. I've said it before. It's like being Pete Buttigieg. You haven't done anything, but you have a lot of opinions on how other people do their thing. And that's what that's what's so great about stand-up is you can just <laughs> your insecurity can be channeled into judging other people's acts. So if you want you, LNC, or anyone else, 15, anyone else want to send a joke in or a bit you think is funny, I'll talk about it and I'll tell you why I think it is a great bit. So let me know why your parents converted and if that was like there was life A and we were fucking listening to ACDC. By the way, I bought from the record store. I don't know if I'm ever speaking of ACDC. And my mom was, well, she was raised religious. She was raised in Catholic school. And then when she hooked up with my juggling instructor, they decided we are not going to fucking submit. We're not going to parent our <laughs> your kids. <laughs> we'll parent the kids that come out. No, I'm kidding. They kept us from religion. But I bought an ACDC record once, and my mom read the lyrics and then made me take it back. Which was pretty fucked up, because my juggling instructor, probably trying to get my mom's pants, taught me how to juggle, and also bought me a Clash record. Or more specifically, a Clash cassette tape. How cool is that? Anyway, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you do have a bit, that's that's send in your bits, and we'll talk about it. We'll workshop your bits. And thanks for the support. Come to Limerick tonight, and uh, blah, 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 rest of the week. Friday, there's a show. Saturday, I'll talk to you on Friday. Thanks so much for listening.